it's Greg Grunberg, uh, Snap Wexley from Heroes, and Commander Finnegan of Yorktown from a uh, little thing called Star Trek, and you are kneeling before the pod. Kneel Before Blog presents... Kneel Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Trailer Chat. I'm your host Craig McKenzie, and this time we get together to discuss the highly anticipated first teaser for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. What did we think of it? How do we think the film will go? That's what our discussion is all about. Here to talk about this is my own little Rebel Alliance, Chris. Hello. And Aaron. Hello. I've just assumed that you're members of the Rebel Alliance. I think I'm members of the Resistance now, aren't I? Resistance, whatever they're called. (laughs) I don't know what we're called anymore. Not that I could tell the difference between the Resistance and the New Republic. I can't quite figure that out in my head, but that's probably detail that's not required. No, it's not. So, um, we're still doing this trailer chat thing, because it's maybe worthwhile, maybe not. But recently, as in... 15 hours ago or so, we have a trailer for the new Star Wars film, uh, Episode 8, The Last Jedi. So, that's pretty exciting, if you believe the internet. Just you do not sound like you believe the internet, by the way. Uh, I take the internet with a pinch of salt. I think it's the best way to go. Anyway, uh, sort of initial thoughts. Chris, do you want to go first, just as a whole experience? We'll dig into it uh, as we go. This is the best Christmas ever. I, I think Christmases are a lot better now that Star Wars is back in my Christmases. Um, no, it, it looks really, really good. Um, it's another trailer that doesn't give away too much plot-wise by the looks of it. Um, it's another one that seems to show what I think is a lot of probably early act stuff rather than closing. Um, and has got me intrigued. I... I've always thought with trailers or previews, whatever it is, that you need to entice your audience to watch whilst not giving away any answers. And definitely, as Chris says, they've not given away any answers. But if I'm looking at this trailer standalone by itself, it seems to me that if you're interested in getting involved in the Jedi philosophy and seeing more of that, then you've been teased in. But if you're into anything else like the political background, any of the other characters, you've not been shown anything yet. Now, the Jedi is enough for me, because that's what I want to see, but I wonder if people who aren't so bothered specifically by that philosophy have actually seen anything that really pulls them in. Yeah. For me, uh, I thought it was a good teaser, as in it tells you nothing. Uh, Quite like not having everything spoiled before I go into a film, because it just drives me mental to know that, to feel like I know exactly what's happening, but... Um, in terms of my excitement level, it, I don't think it did enough to make me feel like, oh my god, I want to see this right now. You know, but, um, I, I know there's a lot of reactions to it that, that are saying that they're incredibly excited, etc. But there was, I don't, know, I, I don't feel feel like as a preview, it did enough to to get me to that level. There were things about it I found interesting, but there was also there was nothing about it that just blew me away. There's a difference here, though, now, isn't there, between a proper preview and a teaser, though, isn't there? Because in my mind, this is not a proper preview that that really pulling you in. This is a little teaser that's possibly part of a chain that you'll see throughout the year, 
before you get your full-on trailer that shows you everything. And I wonder if, therefore, it's if it is part of three or four different things, focusing on the Jedi here is going to be okay because you're going to see everything else and then your excitement is going to be built up through this chain of little pulls. I think it's something that they've been really good at in the in the Star Wars universe since they've come back is giving little teasers and enough to build up to get people excited in the same way that sort of uh, Marvel and other companies have been doing where they release little snippet trailers first and then you're going to get a fuller length, more possibly plot reveal trailer later on. But a lot of this has just been little sort of cut scenes, very little of actual dialogue or, or plot in it. So the chances are that there'll be another trailer coming up to sort of build the excitement again and keep it ramping up towards December. Oh, and they didn't really go in for the classic one either, which is the big space battles, because that's what is one of the u- usual large pulls and, and generates a lot of excitement. There was some space battle in there, and what you saw moved so fast. It was definitely a furious scene, but it was over pretty quick. So they're, they're certainly not hit the, the standard bases. Will it not well, be first... that potentially a lot of that CGI is not cut yet? No, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They'll, still, they'll still be in post-production, I think. Yeah, So there'll be, let's kind of, let's get a few shots together for the first trailer and then, uh, because we have to get it done by Star Wars Celebration, which was um, which was yesterday and today and whatever else. Um, so there'll be an element of that, but I think, um, I think keeping it cagey in terms of what they're showing is a good idea. And when the Force Awakens teaser came out, the very first teaser, I was, I was less than enthusiastic about that. Uh, but I'm actually more interested in this one. I think, uh, based on what it gave me, it kind of teased a bit of a mystery, um, which which I quite like. I'm quite interested to see that mystery play out. And I've got a bit of an Empire Strikes Back vibe from it, just because of the whole training angle. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overwhelmingly enthusiastic about the the Force Awakens because I felt like it was too much like a New Hope. So I wonder if this will be too much like Empire Strikes Back. I hope not. Well, haven't they promised online that that is not the way they're going to go? Because there was so much chat about the two films, first of the trilogies, being so similar. I thought they'd actively came out and said, we are not going to make this Empire Strikes Back. We're going to keep the same sort of positive, hopeful tone of the first film and just carry it on through. What they say and what they do are two different things, though. Or could be two different things. Well, well, whereas that's true, they did have time to listen to fan feedback, surely. So they, there's no reason to think of them as a... It's not like a TV series where you feel like you've been burned several times and you don't trust them anymore. I think this is just a, this is just the second in a run, so I have no reason to disbelieve them at the moment. Yeah, and obviously I can't tell that it's going to be... Just a copy of Empire Strikes Back. I'm just, I got that kind of vibe mostly because of the training side of things. Um, obviously, in this is that the only thing though? Just because someone's being trained, was there anything else that was that it was part of it though that that made you think Empire? Because I didn't get it at all. I didn't honestly didn't get a connection to um, to Empire from this this film from this preview. Well, I mean, most of this preview was training, so. Uh, yeah, that that was pretty much solely what gave me the vibe. But it was just um, it just reminded me of that of that kind of thing because it will be 
obviously it'll be Ray learning the ways of the Force through Luke, and uh, and you'll probably cover a lot of the same information because she doesn't know it, and he, you know. So um, yeah, who knows? I'd, I'd like. I wonder to if they it. will though. Yeah. I wonder if they will though. I wonder if they will take it on a totally different route because there's there's been all this chat from rebels about the the third side of the force. I don't know what I would call it. The middle, the middle of the force. There's been so much talk around that. I don't know if it's been purposely done to lead into um, the last Jedi or not, so they can actually use it, or if that is just an interesting side bit of canon that rebels could use. It feels like if they didn't want to go down the route of explaining the Force to us again, but they still needed something to make it a reasonable training montage, then they could actually have this 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 middle of the Force, this other way that takes the the focal point of the discussion, which could make it quite different. Yeah, well, there's a there's a heavy hint that there's more to it than just light and dark because. Um well, there, there's that whole um, bit where Luke asks her what she sees and she says light and dark. Breathe. Just breathe. Now, reach out. And there's a, the shocking end point where he says, it's time for the Jedi to end. I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. The suggestion is that maybe Luke is somewhere in the middle because he's realised that um, the absolute good or absolute evil isn't necessarily the best way to go. Yeah. And he says halfway through that light and dark, and this is this the force is so much bigger. Yeah. So they're definitely taking it on another angle. That whatever they do, I think they could quite happily t- uh, then give us a, a force discussion that is very different to Yoda's. Yeah, and it should be different. I think um, obviously we've had all that information through the previous six films and whatever else, so it's it's high time they took it in a slightly different direction and, and gave us a bit more scope, because um, I've always liked the idea through the games Knights of the Old Republic and stuff, the idea of like grey or dark Jedi, there's these people that don't align to either, but they're they're force users and they're, um, they're essentially not scared of the other side, which is, you know, which is an interesting thing to look at. Well, I wonder if what they'll do with the philosophy of it then, because it's it's quite a tricky one to present something that embraces light and dark as acceptable in a way that modern society will embrace it. You know, you have this very traditional uh, 
children learning what's good and what's evil. And then you're going to try and bring something in that kids are going to watch, adults are going to want to comment on and say, right, well, there's this idea that you can be a little bit of good and a little bit of bad, and it's really okay just to embrace both. Now, that could be arguably very healthy from some form of um, mental perspective, but I think it's a really difficult argument to have in a short time in an action film. So it would be really interesting to see them do it, but... I've, I think I find it very difficult, especially because you see rebels do it. They put the character in as a, as a, uh, my gaming terminology comes in too easily, but a non-player character. They weren't, it wasn't the original, it wasn't one of the main heroes, you know, the, the, the neutral force was somebody they had to deal with and it clearly was not one of them. Ezra still has the battle between light and dark. Yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, it's it's correct to have that there's shades of grey in there. There's there's right, there's wrong, and there's shades in between. I mean, you saw that from Rogue One, for example, where they've had to do terrible things as as part of the rebellion, um, but ultimately for the better good. You know, it's it's. I think they will have uh, an element of that in this film as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, the thing is, I've always thought that the whole light side and dark side thing is is just a bit of a point of view, as Obi-Wan would always talk about. But the the idea of um, something being definitely good and then leaving everything else off limits is a bit short-sighted. And that's ultimately what actually causes Anakin's downfall. He's told to ignore all this other stuff. You know, he's told the feelings he has is ro- are wrong. He's told all this, he's told all this bizarre stuff. And then he has... Um, Palpatine corrupting him and the other side of it so if he'd had a more balanced outlook then things could have proved a bit different and I think um, that would it would make sense for Luke to realise that because obviously his Jedi training was completely counter to what the idealised prequel Jedi training was, you know he was too old he was governed by his emotions he almost went too far in the end but still that doesn't make him a bad person, it just makes him human in inverted commas. It's, the, it's still a difficult argument, though. I, I, I mean, I'm still up for it. I want to see that. I really do. I think it's still a difficult argument, though, because where do you actually put your idealised position in? So you're a trainee, you're working towards some final goal, and you need to become this epitome of what is great if you're going to be a master. So what is that? final endpoint that you're striving to be if it's the middle of the road I think it's it's going to be a difficult thing for them to sell I reckon yeah well Ray is in the same boat as Luke you know she was found when she was a teenager um, she's quite emotional you know she's kind of missing her family she has all this unresolved stuff so um, her potential to be this kind of absolute good ignoring all emotion stuff is uh, is quite limited so through her, I think it would be it'd be interesting to ask the question. It's like, well, why is marriage wrong to a Jedi, or why is falling in love wrong to a Jedi? You know, because no one has ever really questioned that. And I thought Luke could question that in the canon. Actually, I thought that was the. I don't know where I've got this from, but I kind of got it in my head that he was the one to first change his new temple was one that had allowed for relationships and love. I think he'd already he's already done that, hasn't he? Well, so he might lead her into it. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, none of that happened in the films. It's all kind of expanded universe stuff, so that's non-canon now. So, in effect, that's mm-hmm. never been explored. Um, certainly never explored in a film. So, no. So this is the chance to do that. Well, you do think that Luke would be a different kind of teacher and have a different emphasis, because he's never been officially trained, if you know what I mean. He got trained by Yoda, you see a very short sequence of that, but you don't know how much of the ideology and the the way the Jedi conduct themselves has been passed on to Luke. I think there'll be an element of these, he's sort of made up some of the rules as he goes along. Yeah, well, you see a lot of his training in Empire, and it's, um, it's yeah, it's it's a bit rudimentary. You know, it's like, we need to get you to the point that you can defeat Vader so that the Jedi can come back. And, um, but he's the only one left, essentially, so uh, he's all they've got. So um, it's it's more of a necessity thing. Yoda almost doesn't want to train him in the beginning because he's too old. And, and he tells him some things, but obviously you don't get all the information. Then at the end of Return of the Jedi, as far as we know, he's never finished his training. So it will be up to him to fill in the gaps in his own way. Have either of you seen the poster for the film? As a, yes. They seem to have launched a poster at the same time as yes. they've put out the the preview. Because I think that's as equally interesting to this discussion as as the as the preview itself. Yeah, the um, where you've got Ray with the sort of uh, red and blue lightsaber. Yeah, interesting. Because she's got two, she's, she's taken on two sides of the force possibly in that imagery because she's got two colours in her lightsaber and it does pit the influences against her of one Luke and the other Ren. They're both arguably... I mean, it's a picture you can make what you want of it, but arguably they're both going to be an influence on her, possibly pulling her in different directions. Well, yeah, she's standing in the middle of it, but it's it's the colour scheme of the poster is predominantly red, which suggests that maybe the, the... Darker elements are more, are more a part of this film than the lighter elements. And she's going to be the light. I don't know. Yeah, you could take what uh, take what you want from it, but yeah. it it does seem it does seem to embody this entire discussion of of what is the Jedi going to be? What is the ideal Force user going to be? Yeah. It's clearly going to fall on Ray to make that choice despite everybody else's chat teachings and influence. And I have to admit, in my head, even though I've seen a bit of action in the preview with the, with the space battle, it feels like this could be a slower film in terms of having a lot more chat discussion and ideology in it. I wonder if, if that's possible or, or a good idea in a, in a, in a Star Wars film or, or not. Well, Empire Strikes Back essentially did that, and that's still touted as one of the best, or if not the best. Um, there's an awful lot of time in Empire Strikes Back where characters are just talking to one another. You know, you've got the Millennium Falcon trying to be repaired, you've got Luke being trained, um, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's just those two stories that are running side by side, and then uh, with a bit of Vader thrown in here, but the, the actual action is quite light. Um, obviously, that's that was a few decades ago now, but I would quite like it if it, this film was kind of um, a bit lighter on the action, a bit heavier on the the character stuff and the the philosophy stuff. 
Uh, yeah, me too, but I'm a much older fan than perhaps some of the ones coming to it now. But I guess they can still do both. I think they'll be very wary considering sort of the, the Phantom Menace talks, uh, meetings uh, upon meetings that they did in the last, you know, I, I think they got burned quite heavily for that. Oh, so, political meetings, yeah, yeah we're not going to have those. Yeah. But, but Luke and Ray having a chat about the Force, that's, that's yeah. more accessible than, you know, let's talk about trade disputes and, and laws and stuff. Because it's just something that people are interested in, and if they get the the philosophical angle right, then it, it could end up provoking a lot of discussion afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. But it is specifically mentioned the the thing about balance, so I wonder if they're yeah, the Luke's idea is about finding a balance, which doesn't mean aligning with one or the other, and I'm hoping that's the case because we have never really seen that explored, not in film anyway. I mean, I've mentioned people that have read books have seen it. A lot, but we haven't as film viewers. Yeah, some of the other imagery in the train, the the trailer. Then, I mean, we've talked a lot about the look training Ray, and some of that was was really cool. You had the um, the rocks rising, which is this. It looks like a slight reference to the um, Empire Strikes Back. Obviously, the rocks aren't quite as big, but uh, um, and you had the the Highlander shot, as I like to call it. You know, it's Ray swinging around her lightsaber in the. Uh, you know, from a distance. It's very Highlander. That probably brings us back round to more about training and Ray again, though. Yeah. Possibly a different image is the is the crushed helmet, I think, of Wren's. Yeah. And wonder what that's going to focus on. Are they going to give him the same sort of philosophical considerations to make as well is he going to have to reconsider this fanboy pursuing of his grandfather and and actually make a choice himself or is he just going to be the big bad guy i mean does that mean he's rejected the helmet has he rejected his father his grandfather because he's rejected this this need to copy him or maybe he finds out what actually happened to darth vader you know, because he says that he feels, he, he kind of hates the fact that he feels the pull towards the light. He's trying to actively reject that. Um, and maybe if he finds out his grandfather had the same problem, that'll kind of disillusion him from the whole thing and cause him to trash his helmet. You'd think yeah. he would have heard the story already, though. You know, but, if he's been well, trained by Luke, he's been raised by Han and Leia, then then surely he would already know that that Vader came to his senses, for want of a better word, by the end. You know, so so why why would he not already have that in his head? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he discovered some extra information, because I wonder if they're going to do more uh, flashbacks, because we, we saw the Burning Temple, which I assumed was a flashback to the past, I think it's, it shows Ren and his soldiers marching through a burning building whilst R2-D2 and what I assume is Luke looking on, seeing the destruction. Yeah, so maybe maybe he has some revelation, learns new information. Yeah. Um, I, I never got the impression that he knew actually what happened to Darth Vader because he seemed to use him as his little, as his dark side idol. Um, so it is possible that 
Han and Leia and Luke would have omitted that information for him. Which is again a callback to the mistakes made by, say, Obi-Wan in the the um, original trilogy by not telling Luke the full story. So it'll be interesting if, uh, if Luke has made that same mistake. They never learn. <laughs> they never learn. Well, it's a cyclical story, isn't it? So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it could be, um, yeah, it could be that he rejects it or, I mean, we don't know what Snoke's role in all this will be. I mean, I'm, I can't think of anything I'm less interested in than Snoke at this point, but we don't know what that character is or what he's going to do. Well, that's one of the good parts of the trailer, though, isn't it? Because if they'd given you the answer to who is that guy, or they'd have told you who were Ray's parents, or or answered any of the other mysteries that were in there, that that would have made it a bad trailer, yeah. giving you answers that you, you don't want. So it was, yeah. So we still don't know a lot, and this trailer gives us nothing really. It's just a collection of images. Um, I've seen. I have to reference this though. I've seen it mentioned on the internet in the the Highlander scene, as I called it. Um, there's like, so you've got Ray in the middle. You've got probably Luke over to the side, presumably keeping his distance in case the lightsaber user, you know, accidentally hits him. And to Ray's left, you've got like a structure. It could be a statue or something like that. And people have suggested that Yoda's sitting on top of it because there's kind of a shadowy figure. Well, it, could, it might not even be a figure. I think it's a pure speculation, but I think it's worth mentioning. Be interesting if you're well. The internet is actually a well. The internet is actually a buzz with that rumor because they've heard that Frank Oz is actually going to be uh, hotted for this film. So I, I think you've hit on one of the the teaser images that sorry the teaser things from the internet that people have been promised. Yeah, but looking at that picture, it could be, but equally, it could just be the head of a statue or something. Or just some rocks. Well, if you magnify it and have a look at it and tell us what it is, then then we'll respond to it. But yeah, otherwise, I think that is just good solid internet rumor and yeah. will prove to be true or not true. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. So other imagery then. Um, oh, we also, see- I noticed there was a lack of millennium sort of overview shot of the island, which sort of suggests that they've flown off. <laughs> to deal with something important in the meantime as well yeah um yeah although he's either parked around the corner or he's gone off to deal with a a threat that's come round I mean you also get the shot of sort of Leia in the command centre yeah maybe Chewie takes the Falcon away while Ray gets trained because he's there for some reason there's got to be some sort of big fights there's there's, um, there's, there is the big action scene where sort of the hangar bay gets hit, yeah. and then they they have to defend a line of frigates again. So there must be some. There's always some battle that's being built up to. Yeah, you also you see the Falcon shooting down a couple of Tie fighters, and it's not clear where that is. So it could be on that planet. Maybe the the First Order tracks them down, and Chewie goes off to defend them. As a for instance, I mean it is specifically within planetary atmosphere. So since the Falcon's already mm. there, it makes sense. Could be. It could be. Yeah, could be anything. Uh, that I really liked that image actually in the the hangar bay. You know where you've got Poe and BB-8 running towards his X-wing, and then it just and then there's a massive explosion that seems to stop him from getting into the the ship. Um, obviously, the first order tracked down the resistance and and whatever else. Um, it's been hinted that uh, 
Admiral Thrawn, who was recently seen in Star Wars Rebels, is going to be an antagonist in this film, which would be could be interesting. It would seem logical, given that he's been shown to be in charge of some of the forces uh, in Rebels. It would it would be odd for the character to suddenly just not be in the universe. Other than um, the fact that people watching films have never heard of him, so they'd have to introduce him again. Well, only in the same way that they have to introduce any general of the enemy forces. Yeah. They, they're not going to... I hope they don't think, oh, oh, we need to catch up the, 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 the film audience and give them half an hour on Thrawn. Or oh, God, yeah. no, don't do that. You know, I think they'll just, they'll just have him in there. He'll be a clever bad guy. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to see his backstory just because it's there, you know. Yeah, I'd rather have him than the stroppy General Hux, that's for sure. Uh, who wasn't seen in the trailer, I don't think. But there was a another really striking image as well. The um, I really like that, that skimmers on the the white sand. I think there's well, as Chris said before we started recording, the internet is calling them skimmers. Um, they start dragging up the sand, and that red trail they're leaving behind them. That's a really cool image. You're heading straight for a, a, a group of atats, which looks awesome as a yeah. as a sort of scene. Yeah, it reminded me of that shot in the Force Awakens of the X wings flying across the um, the the water and dragging that up. It's a similar sort of image. I had a much bigger reaction to that X wing swinging across the water, though, and I wonder what that why that is. Is it just because there was a greater amount of time? between having seen them last than there is now? Or is it just that they were iconic X-Wing? Because it was a nice image of the skimmers going across the desert, but it wasn't... I didn't go anything more than, yeah, that's a nice picture. I enjoyed watching that. It wasn't, oh my God, it's amazing! You know, it was, which was... Which, when I saw the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters for The, for the Force Awakens, I, it just hit a lot harder. Don't know why. Hmm. Yeah, it could have just been that, um, oh my God, it's an X-Wing, yeah. Um, I was quite interested in the, well, I don't know about interested, but um, it did stand out that one of them sort of crashes and then um, raises up again. So maybe this is a, you know, they're not designed to fly like this kind of idea. I mean, obviously it won't be Poe Dameron in the one that crashes because, you know, he's, as a, uh, as Finn says, one hell of a pilot. No, it might be too difficult to read too much into a teeny scene like that, though, without a bit more context, probably. Yeah. And speaking of Finn, you see him in a some kind of regeneration tank or something. And that's all you see of him? Yes. So. I was going to say, yes, you do, and I don't think I can actually say any more on it than that. Yeah. So he's still uh, alive? Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't spend the whole thing just sitting in that tank, though. You know, it's like they just check in with him every 20 minutes or so just to be like, yep, he's still okay. But this is where these other... This is where the other teasers have to come in, don't they? There'll be a... So there's a Jedi teaser, and that's probably the good one to start with because this is what it's going to be all about. The film's called The Last Jedi. If you don't open with the Jedi, you're missing a trick, really. But then the other teasers are going to have to fill in some of the other gaps for the other characters and... And possibly the bad guys and and the threat value. Yeah, um, I don't think I'll watch any more teasers. I think this was enough for me. Um, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that seeing a bit more context will make me any more excited for the film. It might annoy me more. You know, it might just be like, well, now I feel like I know a bit too much. But 
Um, when it came to Force Awakens, I only watched the initial teaser. I didn't see anything else because I didn't feel the need. But I'm going to watch it at Christmas anyway, so like, wh- whatever. You know, it's one of those... It's a Star Wars film, so I don't need to see anything else. It's still part of the experience, though, isn't it? You, being teased throughout the year, that reminder that it's coming on, it is possible to enjoy that. The, the trick is that it's you're reliant so heavily on the marketing department doing their job right. You don't want some idiot that's just, oh, just throw a few scenes together. You, you actually want the teasers to be directed properly by all of the staff doing a proper job. So you do just get this teaser, 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 no real information, no real plot spoilers, teaser, teaser. And if they manage to do that right, then this could be fun throughout the year to see two or three things. I think you've just had too many, too many bad trailers that you've seen. That's all. That, that's that's what that's the potential to turn you off. Yeah. I think a lot of companies now just don't hold their nerve. Sort of think, oh, people aren't excited enough. We need to give them a little bit more, a little bit more, and then they end up giving too much away. You know, we want to show that action scene that'll get them in there, but it reveals the fact that you know that all these people are going to be alive by that particular point of the film or whatever. You know, I think from what they did with Rogue One, from what they did with, uh, you know, the previous films, they've, they've done really, really well, the Star Wars lot, it, building excitement and not giving too much away. Especially the first sort of sets of trailers that they did for the last film was basically a lot of nostalgia, a lot of flashbacks, a little bit of voiceover, but nothing that gave away what the plot was going to be at all. Yeah, and maybe they'll do the same for this one. Um, Disney have shown a bit of a... A bit of a mixed ability to to give you too much information or not enough information, and um, contrast this with say the the recent Spider Man teaser or trailer, where uh, it just gives everything, you know, which is well, that's I think it may just be Sony's people doing that, but um, yeah, I'd rather be teased than than shown, and that's kind of the problem I have with trailers is they just give you too much sometimes, and I'm glad this one doesn't, and but it gave us enough to talk about for half an hour or so. So I don't have really have anything else on this trailer at all. I mean, I think we've discussed as much as we can based on what we've actually seen. I agree. <laughs> Chris, do you have anything extra? No, nothing extra. I just um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's it's you know, and I think it's got a lot of film companies scared because they all seem to be swerving out of the way of it in December. So yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to it as well. I was always looking more forward to this one because I think the director's a more interesting one. Ryan Johnson, you know, he's done some really good stuff. So I'm more interested to see his take on the Star Wars universe. And let's hope it's just not Empire Strikes Back Mark II because that would be disappointing. It'll be the First Order Strikes Back. The First Order Strikes Back, yeah. And, um... And the next film will be called Return of the Not Quite Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Middle Road Jedi. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think we should wrap up then, if that's the case. Uh, does anybody have any final statements? May the Force be with you. That was our discussion of The Last Jedi teaser. If you like what you heard, then please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod. So on that note, it's time for this podcast to end. (laughs) 